Welcome to episode 204 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, author of What, When, Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine. And I'm here with my co-host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay, Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and jenstevens.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice or treatment. So, pour yourself a cup of black coffee, a mug of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi friends, I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right, we're talking pounds of meat for free, plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is ButcherBox. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it. Especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood, there's a lack of transparency, it can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. By directly partnering with farmers and fishermen, ButcherBox cuts out the middleman of the grocery store and directly delivers delicious meat and seafood straight to your door. And they have the highest standards. Their salmon, for example, is wild caught. Their beef is 100% grass fed and 100% grass finished. Their chicken is free range and organic, and it all tastes delicious. I love their chicken, love their meat, love their seafood. They have amazing scallops as well. And you can really find the collection of food that you want that works for you and your family. They have curated boxes, so you can get exactly what you want as fresh as possible because yes, meat and seafood that is immediately frozen is fresher than meat that is waiting out and never frozen. That's because it's frozen at its peak of freshness. It's funny because people kind of think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, I need never frozen meat and seafood. No, 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 no. You want frozen. You want meat and seafood that was immediately frozen and then shipped to you, which is what ButcherBox does. I eat a lot of steak at restaurants. ButcherBox's fillets are divine, way better than anything I would get at a restaurant. Their other cuts are amazing as well. With their seafood, I know I can trust them that I'm actually getting what they say because yes, there is a lot of scams in the seafood industry and their chicken also tastes amazing. It's free range and organic and tastes delicious. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner and ButcherBox has an incredible offer for our audience. You can have your choice of a weeknight meal essential for free in every order for a whole year. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use ifpodcast to choose either three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of grass-fed, grass-finished premium steak tips plus $20 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use code ifpodcast to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. ButcherBox.com slash IFPodcast with code IFPodcast. And we'll put all this information in the show notes.
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome. This is episode number 204 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. I'm Melanie Avalon, and I'm here with Jen Stevens. Hi, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day, Jen. Oh, yeah, we're recording on Valentine's Day, even though people are not going to hear it for a month, but (laughs) I hope everyone had a great Valentine's Day. It's cold and rainy here. Yes, it is. How is everything with you? Well, I am coming to you from my new computer, and I'm so excited. Melanie knows a little bit of this saga, but listeners, y'all do not. (laughs) Does it feel wonderful? Yes. Let Let me tell a little backstory. About a year ago, I decided that, you know, my laptop wasn't cutting it and I needed a dedicated desktop computer 
for recording podcasts to put in my podcast studio so I didn't have to go look for my laptop, drag it around, that sort of thing. So I got a new Mac, and I got the wrong one. I made a really bad choice. I didn't realize how much RAM I needed. So I'm a big Apple fan, love Apple products, been in the Apple ecosystem since the very first iPhone came out. I had one within months, you know. <laughs> I've been iPhone all the way, Apple computers, love them. But I got got one with not enough RAM. My son, Cal, who's an app developer, said, what? I can't even believe they sold you that. I'm like, thank you, Cal. <laughs> I didn't know. So Melanie and I, this is again for the audience, Melanie knows this whole story, but Melanie said to me, oh, you just change out, add more RAM. Well, I bought one where you could not do that. You could not add your own RAM. So I was like, all right, I have to get a new one. So and they're the big ones. So I can't go to the Apple store. Everything's closed due to the pandemic. So I had to you know, order it over the phone. The guy was like, yeah, you get this one here. You add the RAM. It's so easy. Melanie did that. Because Jen was like, it's going to be hard. I was like, no, it's so easy. It's so easy. Yeah. It was so easy. And the RAM came, just like Melanie said. There's a little thing. The computer got here. Or of course, it took a month because of the pandemic. Everything's shipping slowly. So I opened the little window in the back where you just plug in the RAM. I got the RAM the Apple guy told me to get. I plugged it in. The computer would not start up. It kept shutting down. An endless loop. Start up, not start up. Start up, not start up. So then I put the old RAM back in that it came with. Still wouldn't start up. I don't know if I got a dud computer. I don't know if it was dud RAM, but then my old RAM wouldn't work either. So at one point, I was lying on the floor trying to get to the little window. I mean, it was just almost like comical. So Apple is fantastic, though. They took it all back, helped me find the one I really needed. And so I was like, I don't care if it costs more. I'm getting the one that comes with all the RAM to start with. And the girl on the phone was fantastic, the Apple support person. She's like, all right, I think this is the amount of RAM that will be enough for you. And I'm like, great, get me double that. Because I did not want to go through this ever again. So it's here. I'm on it. The screen is bigger. Oh, my gosh, it's so fast. Melanie, I could not even open two things at one time before. And now I can open everything. The mail's open. The calendar's open. Chrome is open. Safari's open. Word is open. I don't know. If I sound excited, it's because I am. No, it's so exciting. I remember when I got my new computer and it's like, oh, I can do things. And and especially when the nature of our business is using our computers. So, I mean, lots of people are using computers, but I'm using it all day, every day for work. And it's just so freeing when you can just do things. It really, really is. You know, I feel like if only I hadn't bought that other one a year ago, but then I was like, felt like I was committed to it. I'm like, I just bought this computer a year ago and it was not cheap. Fortunately, I sound like an Apple commercial, but I did the trade-in program. So yeah, so I was able to get, you know, a good bit back from the trade-in program. Someone who does not need a lot of RAM is going to be really happy. I just, I, I can't believe that it was not as easy. It would have been fabulous, but no. Exciting. I'm glad we match now. Yours is similar to mine. It's the 27 inch, which I also thought was going to be too big, you know, because the little desk I use, well, I use an old baker's rack. It sounds crazy. I sit on a stool. It's a very narrow baker's rack that I've used for my desk. Chad was like, that computer is way too big. It's not going to work. Well, it does work. It works perfectly. And I have a bigger screen so I can see the my document. I mean, it's just, it's just fabulous. It's not too big at all. I'm excited. I've been waiting for this moment. Well, I have too, but I, I was being very stubborn 
And you know when you make a bad purchase and you're angry that you made a mistake, but you just spent a lot of money? And so my my anger was, what if I make another bad mistake and buy the wrong thing again, which actually happened. But thank goodness Apple was amazing about it. So, Or it's like, is it the sunk cause fallacy? Like where you've put in so much energy and effort into something that you don't try something new because because you've already committed so much. It's not the same thing, but... But it is. I know exactly what you mean. And that was exactly true. And it was finally when Chad said to me, and Chad likes to save money, okay? So let me put it that way. If you could, you know, pull your two-ply toilet paper into two single plies, and then he would do that. Not really, but you get my point. But he was like, just get a new one. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Not that I need his permission. I do not. But... When he was like, get a new one, I'm like, it, it finally like felt like, you're right. I should just get a new one. So I did. Yes, you should. I also have another thing to share that is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know how I had talked about how I'd been opening my window with my main meal and feeling so great? Yes. Are you not anymore? No. I've realized it messed up my sleep. Oh. And this is so interesting. My sleep got worse and worse over time. And then I finally connected it to opening my window earlier Here's what the problem was with my sleep. Actually, my sleep wasn't worse, but it shifted it. Let me explain. Wait, I just want to guess. Okay, guess. Guess how it shifted my sleep. You changed to eating more food earlier, right? Like at 2 o'clock. I was having my main meal at 2 o'clock instead of 6.30. So I would think it would shift your sleep earlier, but I'm guessing since you're not liking the effect that maybe it was the opposite. It shifted it so much earlier that it was ridiculous. Like I wanted to go to bed at 8 p.m. every single night. I was like, it's 8 p.m. I've got to go to bed now. I am so tired. And but then I was waking up, you know, I've got my clock set to not show a light till 530 in the morning. So I was waking up probably around three o'clock ready to get up like wide awake, like I was going to wanted to go to bed so much earlier and I wanted to wake up so much earlier. I was fully rested. It's like it shifted my, what's the word I'm looking for? Your circadian rhythm? Well, yeah, it's like it changed my circadian rhythm. Like I shifted it like earlier and I was like, well, this doesn't work for me at all unless I wanted to get up at 3 a.m. every day, bright and bushy-tailed and then go to bed at 7 p.m. So <laughs> an early window does not work for me. Boom, now I know it. But if I had to get up at 4 a.m., this would be 100% the right thing to do. So that's probably really valuable. I mean, you're already pretty familiar with different eating windows and how they affect people, but I bet it was a valuable experience for making suggestions to people. Well, and it also helps me see that doesn't mean that, that this is what everybody should do. But for me, it really impacted what my body wants to do. My body prefers to eat later for the main meal and then you know, go to sleep at some point after 9 p.m. and then wake up by about 5.30. And that that's what feels good to me. My body likes to wake up early, but by eating my main meal earlier, it shifted everything. My whole rhythm just changed and got out of whack. So that's one of the things I really love about intermittent fasting is if there's some reason where my sleep the night before and then my wake up schedule on a given day is off, I can really always reset it in one night. And I think that's most of that has to do with I just eat my dinner at the same time as I would have regardless. And that just always just sets it right back. But it's also one of those things that makes me so frustrated every time I see a, you know, one size fits all recommendation like early eating windows are better. 
Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or we should all have our main meal at two. I mean, (laughs) you know, I could take what works for me and say everyone should have their main meal for dinner. But but no, that's not true. Anyway, we're all different. And it just keeps, you know, being proven over and over again. I have friends who their main meal is breakfast time. They eat early in the day and then they're done for the day and they feel better. I wish I was like that. Well, I, I don't wish it. I know we've talked about this. We've had this conversation. <laughs> right. But in fact, one of my guests that I just interviewed, it was fascinating for intermittent fasting stories. She said that she doesn't get the great energy during the day while she's fasted. She has great energy after she eats. So she has an early in the day window with great energy all day. See, I'm the opposite. But that's why everyone has to really find what works for them. I mean, just over and over, that is just shown. So anyway, I'm just so tired of so many people thinking that here is what you have to do and everyone should do, and this is what is right for all. So I just finished reading Dave Asprey's new book, Fast This Way, because I'm interviewing him on Friday, which is very surreal. Very surreal. Do you know what he said was the the reason we started eating breakfast? I can't remember. I skimmed all through his book. I got a copy of it and skimmed through the whole thing really fast because I'm doing a million things. I didn't have time to like sit with it. But no, I can't remember what he said. He said it was because of train schedules. So when we started using trains and there were train schedules, I had not heard this before. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Dave Asbury. I put. I made a note. I was like, look that up. <laughs> I actually have heard other. Maybe it would have been one of the things. Maybe. Like, you know, I've heard breakfast wasn't a thing until, you know, certain points in history when people then suddenly started eating breakfast. And it was really only like rich women would get up and have a little breakfast, but nobody else would. I mean. I think he talked about some of the other things, but he said like the thing was the train schedules. I don't know. Well, if I had a train schedule, I still wouldn't eat before I got on the train. So I don't know how that would make me have breakfast anyway. I don't know. (laughs) But I don't remember reading that because, like I said, I skimmed it. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I am going to ask him a lot of questions about Bulletproof Coffee. It's going to be a fun time. (laughs) So listeners will have to listen to it when it comes out. Can I do two quick plugs? Sure. No, no, you cannot. Kidding. One plug is, this goes back to the Valentine's Day. This will have been over by the time this comes out, but definitely follow me on Instagram, friends, because if you had been following me right now, I am giving away two Apollo Neuros on my Instagram, which is just crazy. Very cool. Those are the sound wave therapy devices that sort of instantly stop stress with the touch of a button, and I use mine all the time. Second plug, I've plugged this a few times before already, but if you're interested at all in clean beauty and safe skincare, join my new clean beauty and safe skincare Facebook group. It's really taking off. I'm really enjoying it. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can see pictures of my cats and my flowers and my beans. Oh, good times. I actually put cats yesterday, but did, you saw that one. Ellie was so cute, all wrapped up in the little blanket. Did you see that one? I just pulled it up right now. Oh my gosh, she's so sweet. <laughs> yes, my best friend might be a cat. I don't know. Is that weird? No, I love cats. <laughs> she follows me all around the house and whatever I'm doing. That's something we have in common. We're both cat people. Yeah. See, there's so many things. There's like two things. I'm trying to think what else. 
There was something else recently we realized, but for new listeners, Jen and I were pretty much opposite on <laughs> like almost everything. On many things. On preference stuff. So like food and maybe it's just food. Just food. Oh, and cold and sleeping. It's like body things. Well, circadian rhythm things. Food. Yeah. Yeah. With the temperature our shower is going to be. <laughs> the clothes we wear. Again, body things. <laughs> Exactly. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get 15% off my favorite blue light blocking glasses ever. So I am often asked, what are my favorite, quote, biohacking products? And something I truly, honestly cannot imagine my life without are blue light blocking glasses. So in today's modern environment, we are massively overexposed to blue light. It's a stimulating type of light, which can lead to stress, anxiety, headaches, and in particular, sleep issues. Blue light actually stops our bodies from producing melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. So our exposure to blue light can completely disrupt our circadian rhythm, make it hard to fall asleep, make it hard to stay asleep, and so much more. Friends, I identify as an insomniac. I would not be able to sleep without my blue light blocking glasses. I also stay up late working and wearing blue light blocking glasses at night has made it so I can do that and still fall asleep. My absolute favorite blue light blocking glasses on the market are Bon Charge, formerly known as Blue Blocks. Bon Charge makes an array of blue light blocking glasses in all different designs so you can truly find something that fits your style and reap all of the benefits of blue light blocking. They have their clear computer glasses. You can wear those during the day, especially if you're looking at screens all day to help with anxiety, headaches, and stress. They have their light sensitivity glasses. Those are tinged with a special yellow color, scientifically proven to boost mood, and they block even more blue light. Those are great for the day or evening. And then they have their blue light blocking glasses for sleep. Those are the ones that I put on at night while working before bed. Oh my goodness, friends. It's something you truly have to experience. You put on these glasses and it's like you just tell your brain, okay, it's time to go to sleep soon. They also have amazing blackout sleep masks. Those block 100% of light with zero eye pressure. I wear this every single night and I don't know how I would sleep without it. And you can get 15% off site-wide. Just go to bondcharge.com and use the coupon code IFPODCAST to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com with the coupon code IFPODCAST to save 15%. All right, now back to the show. So shall we jump into everything for today? Yes. So to start things off, we have some listener feedback, and this comes from Kay. And the subject is intermittent fasting saved my teeth. And Kay says, Hi, Jen and Melanie. Not a question, but thought you could share this story with your listeners to highlight one of the many hidden benefits of IF. I started IF about 18 months ago. At that time, I had a dentist appointment where I found my first cavity at age 30 with four other spots on my teeth that were on their way to becoming cavities. One of those four could have been filled at the time, but the dentist said it could wait, so I chose to wait because I was nervous about my first filling. The dentist said at my next visit, we would likely book fillings for the other four. I was so devastated. I brush, floss, and rinse twice a day and always prided myself in never having a cavity my entire life. Well, today I had my yearly checkup and expected to leave with plans to fill these four cavities they are gone. At my last appointment, the dentist said three to four could be reversed, but likely that wouldn't happen because I already brushed and flossed twice a day, 
they're all gone. I told him I had started intermittent fasting and he said that without a doubt that reversed the tooth decay process. By not eating often throughout the day, food and plaque isn't building up on my teeth and contributing to the cavities. He also said that fasting can reverse gum disease because the food isn't in your mouth giving bacteria a home. I started for weight loss and in the process saved my mouth. Just wanted to share. Thank you for introducing me to this lifestyle. Love it. Anybody in your Facebook groups talked about this before? Well, I think it's remarkable that the cavities are gone. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Like her body just remineralized her teeth and filled that all in. That's astonishing. Like you can't argue that it happened, right? I actually interviewed Melissa Wages for Intermittent Fasting Stories, episode 12. She's a pediatric dentist. And so she talks about all the ways that intermittent fasting is beneficial for our dental hygiene. So if anybody's looking for that, search for Intermittent Fasting Stories, go to episode 12, listen to Melissa Wages, pediatric dentist and intermittent faster. But yeah, remarkable. I think it's really interesting because a lot of doctors say that the mineralization of the teeth is something you can never reverse. I feel like I see a lot of people, not necessarily in intermittent fasting communities, but people just in like holistic food and holistic health communities who say quite the opposite. Yeah, I've I've seen that too. And even actually when I interviewed James Nestor, who wrote the book Breath, he made some change. I think it was breathing related or chewing related. It was one of those. And he grew... I think he said like a dime size worth of new bone in his jaw. So basically like you can grow new bone and teeth or bone. So very motivating. Yeah. It had been a while since I'd been to the dentist. So I recently started going to the dentist a couple of years ago. Again, I had to get some crowns, which were no fun. So <laughs> dental health is important. Have you ever used a water pick? No. Every time I think about it, I just remember my roommate in college got one because they were becoming pretty popular. They were really popular in like the 70s and 80s. Like I can remember being a kid and like everybody had a water pick and I was like, that looks so fancy. I never had one, but... Did you get one? I just got one. My dentist recommended it at my last visit. What does it do? Does it squirt water really? Yes. Crowns are new to me. I had not ever had crowns. And so now I have a couple crowns, but like food was getting all trapped in there. And I was like, oh my God, this is disgusting. So she's like, get a water pick, get a water pick. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So I did. Yeah. I'm glad we're having this conversation because when my roommate in college got it, she got it. And then she said that it wasn't working and her teeth were getting worse. And I had written them off as not something to get. So hearing you say this. Oh, my dentist suggested it. And it's like amazing what, like I brush my teeth first, then I use the water pick. And let's just say it's pretty amazing what the water pick gets out of there. So do you still floss at all? Well, it depends on who you ask. My dentist said it does not take the place of flossing, but let me just tell you that maybe at my house it does. So don't tell her. (laughs) I want to order one. I really like it. Yeah, I got one on Amazon and she told me which one to get. And let me tell you, get the one with a reservoir instead of like the handheld reservoir. You want one that like plugs into the wall and it has a big reservoir. And do not put just cold water in it. Let me tell you, it needs to be warm-ish. Okay. Like a bunch of cold water on on your teeth and gums does not feel great. It was too cold. We can put a link in the show notes for listeners, which will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 204 to the one that Jen got. I'm going to order it too. Okay, awesome. So we'll see if you like it. I really, really do. And I, it surprised me. She also made me get like a 
like one of those electric toothbrushes that like, you know, to, to brush. The sonic ones? Yes. And I hated it. Hated it. I don't like it. Don't like it. I cannot use it. Those scare me so bad. Like they remind me of tooth sensitivity. Well, I didn't like it. Like apparently I brushed too hard. And so she's like, you got to get this one. It's like so much better for your teeth. I can't do it. I like tried and then I hated it. Then I went back and they're like, you're not using it. I'm like, okay. And then I tried again. And I'm like, no, I just can't. I just don't like them. It makes my whole head feel weird. They just remind me of like dental cleanings, I think. I don't know. It made my head vibrate in a weird way. And she's like, is something wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) I love my dentist. She's hilarious. (laughs) I have to share my favorite toothbrushes. I will put a link to them in the show notes, especially if you brush really hard. They're the Perio ones. You can get them on Amazon. They're so soft. So like if you brush really hard, it's really good for not, you know, scraping away your teeth. Well, I didn't know I brushed too hard, but she told me I do. But I think I also used the electric one too hard, probably. I don't know. I also, here's a fun fact about me. If I try to write with a pencil, it snaps the point every time. I just apparently apply a lot of pressure to whatever I do. That's funny. I know. I can't write with pencils. I can't brush my teeth. I need help. (laughs) Whenever somebody pulls out a pencil, I'm like, wow. I feel like people don't use pencils much anymore. Well, I do use pencils sometimes. And really, I have to use the regular kind. I can't use whatever ones, automatic pencils, what are they called? Mechanical pencils. I can't use mechanical pencils because the lead is too small. Like I really can't write with mechanical pencils, but I can use a regular pencil. See, another example. I can't write with normal pencils. I have to use mechanical pencils. Yeah, I love normal pencils. Yeah, fun fact. We can split a pack of pencils. I'll get all the regular. You get all the mechanical. We'll be good to go. All right. Yep. Great dental hygiene. Just another benefit of intermittent fasting. And we do hear it all the time. People come back and have their best checkups ever. So thank you so much for sharing. I have one more fun fact that's related. I'm reading right now the newest, I don't think it's a rewrite, but you know the GAPS diet? I am familiar with it. I can't remember what it stands for. So her first one standing for gut and psychology syndrome. So it's about healing the gut for primarily from like mental health issues, but all different issues. But her newest one is GAPS. It's gut and physiology syndrome. So it's talking about other issues as well. And it is blowing my mind. Just basically the connection between the gut and our mental health and our whole bodies. Is that the point? Yes. And the GAPS protocol is a very specific protocol that a lot of people follow to try to restore gut health. At the beginning, it's like a lot of gut healing nutrients and you like slowly introduce fermented foods and it has only like well-cooked veggies in the beginning and meat and all of this stuff. But so I'm reading the newest version of her book and it's very long. Oh my goodness. It is the most in-depth thing I have read yet about the gut microbiome. Oh, that's good to know. She goes through, you know, bacteria, archaea, fungi, protozoa. Like this blew my mind. Did you know that there's this form of bacteria called the L form of bacteria? And basically a lot of bacteria, they can just change what they are. Like they can be one bacteria one day and then they're another bacteria the next. I did not know that. Yeah. Or they can do it with our body cells. They can like sort of become our own body cells. But she said it's a huge problem in studying bacteria because it's like we think we've been studying bacteria in isolated forms, but really they could become other things. And then also she says that antibiotics 
Because when they become the L form, sorry, this is such a tangent. When they become the L form, they lose their cell wall and then they can, I guess, change to something else. And she said what antibiotics do is they tend to destroy the cell walls of bacteria. And so we haven't been taken in, into account that it doesn't necessarily destroy the bacteria that they can, in a way, shape shift to something else. Really, really fascinating. It's so interesting. Oh, and the reason this related was she said that the oral microbiome in the placenta and that the child experiences in the beginning actually most closely resembles our oral microbiome. That's interesting. Women with less than ideal oral microbiomes, it actually has a big effect on their children. It's crazy. It is so interesting. And we're learning so much more all the time. You know, when I was talking to Tim Spector's people after I went through the Zoe test, you know, it's like, gosh, you know, this is so much different than the, the information I got back in 2017, which doesn't feel like very long ago. Because it was like, really, there was like three years difference between I, th- I had a test in 2017 with the American Gut Project. And then again, in 2020, through the Zoe app, three years. But they're like, oh, yeah, three years ago, we didn't know anything compared to what we know now. I mean, this is really like so cutting edge. Like you read something that was written about the gut three years ago. We we know so much more now that it's different. It changes. Because they couldn't sequence what was down there. I mean, they really just started to have a look in there. Yeah, exactly. And we barely look in the small intestine. The more I learn, though, the more I'm like, all right, there's so much we don't know. Let's just don't even worry about it. Just eat good food, do intermittent fasting, move on. I don't know. Like, I think a holistic, broad approach through diet is probably most beneficial. And I have not read too far into the book, but she says basically that the largest part of our bacteria is in our gut, obviously, and that the biggest change we can make to that is through our diet. And that will affect the bacteria throughout the rest of our body as well. Right. It's all connected. Everything is connected. We are just like little worlds hosting all of these other symbiotic life forms that are living with us. I mean, and your health is directly related to the health of that community. 100%. That's basically her thesis. I mean, you can't be fully healthy if your gut's not healthy. She even goes so far as to say, if you have a really healthy, robust gut microbiome, that you won't get IBS, like you won't get these things. She thinks that it's a required factor of having a messed up gut microbiome for a lot of diseases and illnesses that we experience. I think so. I really, really do think so. This is the next frontier. And we had it all the time. We just didn't know. It's always with us. Right in our own backyard. Literally. (laughs) On that note, let's go to our first question from Marissa. And the subject is small portions. She says, hello, ladies. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now and have been fasting for a little over a year with great results. You're both super helpful with all the knowledge you share. So here's my question. My mom insists that when I open my window, I need to eat a small portion of food whenever I eat. Now, she's saying that if you eat smaller portions, your stomach shrinks, which to me doesn't make sense. Perhaps she's living the diet lifestyle. Maybe you guys would know what I should explain to her to help her understand. All right. So what do you say to Marissa and most importantly, Marissa's mom? All right, Marissa, thank you so much for your question. So this is definitely a prevailing myth out there that our stomach significantly shrinks, like that it permanently becomes smaller or larger based on the size of food that we're eating. But I did a lot of research on it and 
that's just not the case. When we eat a larger volume of food, yes, our stomach does expand substantially. Like our normal stomach, if it has no food in it, it can contain about 200 milliliters of volume. How big is that, 200 milliliters? Well, I'm picturing a graduated cylinder in my head that was 100 milliliters. So it's bigger than you think. So 200 milliliters is about seven ounces? Right. Okay. So that's when there's no food in our stomach. When we eat more, when we eat a large volume, it expands accordingly and it can expand a lot. So yes and no. The problem isn't really from the stretching or the the thing that might possibly be a factor in there, but I don't think it's something to be too concerned about. Stretching, so eating a large volume of food is most likely not going to be a problem. That's what the stomach is accustomed to do. Like if you're eating more, it doesn't necessarily make you want to eat more to feel full. There's so many different factors going into satiety. And the stomach literally stretching is only one of them. A lot of it has to do with hormones released, you know, based on what you're eating. There's just a lot of factors for eating less. So there has been a study in mice and they did find that when they reduced the mice's intake by 20% for over four weeks, it did reduce a few of the important factors in the stomach wall that affect how much food the stomach can accommodate. So it's possible that if you're eating smaller amounts, you'll slowly need less to feel full. But I don't think it's so much the opposite where if you're eating a lot that you're you're going to be eating, need to eat a lot. And even for example, in professional overeaters, which you cannot pay me to be a professional overeater, but that doesn't really affect like their normal stomach. And they've also found that obese patients or obese people don't really have any different stomach size than normal people. So basically there's a lot of factors involved in satiety. You don't really have to worry about the large volume being a problem. It is possible that if you're eating really small meals all the time, that maybe you might get fuller sooner, but I don't think it's that much of a concern. Do you have thoughts, Jen? This reminds me of a very funny diet that came out in the late 80s. I can't remember the name of it, but I was watching TV. It was like in the morning, we were watching the Today Show or something. It was like my friends from college, were because we were in college at the time. I remember sitting in, we were in my dorm room, and the guy was like, on this diet, you just eat according to the size of your fist. You can eat whatever you want as long as it's the size of your fist because you don't want to stretch out your stomach. And we're like, that's so dumb. What if I ate a piece of butter the size of my fist? What if I ate? I mean, <laughs> we were only in college, but we already thought that sounded dumb. But that was the whole diet plan. Size of your fist. That's how much you get to eat. And <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes. I found a really good article in Smithsonian that talks all about it. And they even said, because they're the ones where they talked about that my study, but they even said, even with those findings, I'll even quote it. They say, it is also highly unlikely that short-term fasting is enough to produce long-term changes in the stomach. Based on our data from animals, we don't have any evidence that a day is enough to do this. So yeah. Even then, I could see that you know, eating the amount of food the size of my fist was not going to be a good long-term dietary strategy. And that one never really did take off, but someone sure was trying to sell that on the Today Show. I think they had a diet book, but it was not one that people remember. (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember that one. Probably they just went on the Today Show and everybody's like, no, that's dumb. And then no one did it. Yeah. Oh, one other thought. It also talks in this article about 
patients who have anorexia, if they haven't been eating at all, like that might be the the type of like long-term not getting enough where they might not be able to actually accommodate more food. But that actually reminds me of something else from the GAPS book. She talked about how if people are actually starving, the gut bacteria can accommodate to where they extract more calories from food, which is really interesting. Specifically the archaea, they're not bacteria, but in anorexia patients, they usually have high levels of archaea and it might be like a protective mechanism because it's extracting more calories from food. Very interesting. That is interesting. And of course, knowing what we know about the relationship between the gut and our psychological health you know, I have a chicken or the egg question about that. So is it the anorexia causing the gut to be different or the gut differences causing the anorexia? Yeah, I've thought about that as well. It's really interesting. All right. Shall we go on to our next question? Yes. All right. So this is some lingering leftovers from when we asked for Ask Me Anything for episode 200. And I just think these are fun and they keep rolling in. So this is from Nita and the subject was Hopefully not too late, but maybe for the 200th episode of the IF podcast. So sort of too late, but not really because they're answering it. Nita says, hi, Melanie and Jen. I'm probably too late to add a question for your episode. You may have already recorded it, but I thought I'd do a would you rather game for you both. Okay, so here's her game. Would you rather give up IF forever or be forced to eat all the foods you dislike during the eating window? Well, I am not going to eat any foods I dislike ever ever. I'm not going to do it. I only eat foods I like. So, but again, I I also can't give up IF forever because I'm sleeping. So even if I'm, you know, only fasting from (laughs) overnight. Jen, you're not allowed to do, (laughs) you're not allowed. This is the would you rather game. I'm sorry. I'm like one of those loophole people. If the genie said you have one wish, I would wish for all the wishes. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I'm looking for that loophole, but I don't know how to answer it. I have a hard time answering it because I feel like you would do fasting that give up IF forever because you would get your fasting during sleeping. Yeah. I just have decided I'm never going to eat foods I don't like ever. Okay. So that answers that question. I guess, I guess, but I really also am not giving up IF forever. So <laughs> I'm I'm the worst. I'm sorry. Jen is the worst to play Woody Rather with. I don't like this game. I'm like, no, I'm not doing either of those. I reject the having to pick one. <laughs> I would rather give up IF forever. Yeah, I knew you would say that. I mean, it's similar to what you just said. I, I'm just not going to be in a place where I put in foods I don't want to put into my body. Well, I guess I would accidentally be fasting because I would not eat them. So <laughs> no matter what, I'm I'm fasting, right? Second question. This one's easy. Thank goodness I can answer this one. Go ahead. Oh, good. I was like, I was like, I don't know. Okay. Would you rather give up doing a podcast or give up writing books? Well, I'm writing a new book right now. And as I've mentioned in earlier episodes, I'm like, why? Why am I writing this book? So I would give that up. Sorry if anyone's listening. This it's going to be a really good book. I, you know, I go through periods of struggle with it, but It's going to be a really good book. But the writing process is very, very hard. Like it is more mentally draining than anything I've ever done in my life. Would you agree with that, Melanie? I would agree with that statement. Whereas doing podcasts is fun. Exactly. It's so fun. I would do 27 podcasts. (laughs) 
I love writing books, so don't get me wrong. I'm a writer. And I'm really, really proud of the one I'm working on now. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be helpful. I just wrote about you in it, Melanie. I said, Melanie was right about something. Really? (laughs) Yeah. You'll have to wait to see what that is. I'll tell you off the air that I didn't want you to be right. Oh, I'm excited. And I would like put my finger in my ears, la, 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 but you were right about something. You know, I the more you look at the evidence, the more you're like, okay, she's right. <laughs> I do want to thank you, Jen, for putting up with all of my, I'm always like, Jen, this, like, I don't know. I'm always saying my thoughts about things. Well, that's what we do. Uh, but it's so much fun doing a podcast. Doing a podcast, I mean, it is work. Don't get me wrong. But it's so much fun work. And the writing a book is so much fun, kind of like childbirth. <laughs> you're so happy that you have your children. But you're like, oh, Lordy, this childbirth was really not that fun. Like, And probably like finding out you have the book deals, like finding out you're pregnant. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like going through the glow. And then you have morning sickness. And then you're vomiting. Then the baby has to actually come out (laughs) and your epidural doesn't take. And then you're feeling every pain. And anyway, then you push for five hours. That's more than anyone needed to know. But (laughs) on the other end of it, you have this beautiful baby. And not everyone's going to like your baby. That's also true. The first time the school calls and they're mad about your baby. mm -hmm. People still ask me if I'm married or have children. I feel like it's blatantly obvious how much I'm not married or, or have children, but I just want to clarify that at this moment. I am loving having adult children. It's so wonderful having adult children. Yeah, I think if I could skip to that point. They're like really good friends that you created. <laughs> it's true. So anybody with teenagers or struggling along the way, it does get better. Do you know Tom Billu? I know the name. What does he do? He has Impact Theory podcast. He was the founder of, I don't know if he was the founder of Quest Nutrition. He might have been. I've heard his name. I don't know much about him. He has a really cool show that's really similar in format to my show, the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. I think it's called Impact Theory. I feel like he is me, but a man. Like he went to USC film school and then he wanted to do all of this health stuff. And he wanted to produce a lot of health content in order to ultimately fund like creative projects, which is basically my, I don't know, we're, we're very similar. In any case, he's married and he was on Michaela Peterson's podcast, who is well known in the carnivore movement. But she asked him about having or not having kids because she has a kid. And he said that, I guess he and his wife would decide not to have kids right now, but he knows, I guess they would regret having kids right now because of all they're doing with their business and their career and all that. But he said he knows hands down, like on his deathbed, he will regret not having kids. And so that's just a choice that he makes, like regretting it now or not, not that it's regretting it, but choosing the downsides to not having kids now or later. That got really deep really quick, but it's something that resonates. You know, one of my sisters, I only have one sister, one of my siblings, my sister, (laughs) I have two brothers and a sister, but my sister She decided not to have kids, and her husband, they decided together before they even got married that they would just not have kids. She wanted to have, you know, the aunt relationship with kids, but not be responsible for kids. So she's not regretted her decision for a minute. I think everybody just has to find what works for them. Absolutely. All that from me saying that writing a book was childbirth. (laughs) I was like, how do we get to that discussion? That's how this show goes down. There you go. But yeah, writing books is hard. Podcasts are fun and also hard. So all of it, though, is very gratifying. 
It really is. It's it's fun putting stuff out into the world. Yes. I just love creating content. I do too. I really do. Especially when it's content that has such a effect on people, like as far as the information that we share. Right. It's helping people to live their best lives and, you know, solve the problems that they're they're struggling with, and that's the name of the game. Hi friends. I'm about to tell you how to get an exclusive discount on one of my favorite products for truly upgrading your health on a cellular level. So the new year is upon us and it's often a time where people are really trying to instill new habits and really upgrade their health. There's something I have been using for years, not just at the new year, literally every single day of my life. I am not making that up. Even when I travel, I have a way to address it then, which I will tell you about. And it's something that is so easy and feels amazing. That is red light and near infrared therapy. Okay, so friends, you could go somewhere and pay a lot of money to do red light near infrared therapy sessions, or you could just bring it to your home and use it every single day. That's what I do. I've been using Juve red and near infrared light therapy devices for so long. There are so many clinically proven benefits of red light therapy. That includes improving your skin. Yes, you really will notice it. Faster muscle recovery, reduced pain and inflammation, enhanced sleep, and so much more. I use it in the morning and evening as ambient light because it actually mimics the setting and rising sun. And then I sort of run it throughout the day as well to help combat all of the blue light that we're exposed to, which can have a negative effect on our health. Whenever I have muscle pain, I shine Juve on the muscle. For me, it has made the pain go away instantly. And then for chronic pain, when I do continued sessions, it's made it dissipate. One of my good friends who is a doctor uses these devices on his, shall we say, manhood for benefits there. Yes, it can help in that department as well. I honestly could not imagine my life without Juve. You will just feel so good using these devices. People also post all the time in our Facebook group of their pets gravitating towards the Juve because intuitively they just know that it's good for them. The reason Juve can address so many things related to health is because it actually affects our cells on the mitochondrial level. Basically, it makes those cells perform better. And when those cells are performing better, everything just works better. That's why, yes, Juve can help with your energy as well. I've been recommending Juve specifically for years because the quality of their devices are the best. Their modular design allows for a variety of setup options to give you flexibility. The treatments are so easy. You can do them in as little as 10 minutes, or you can be using it all throughout the day like I do. All you have to do is relax and let your body take in the light. They also have their Juve Go, which you can travel with. Yes, that is how I really do use this every single day. That Go is also great for targeting specific areas of your body, like hurting joints or sore muscles. Honestly, friends, health doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complicated. If you're looking to enhance your health and wellness this new year, start with what matters, which is your cells. And Juve has an amazing offer just for our audience. You can go to juve.com slash ifpodcast and use the coupon code ifpodcast to get a discount on your qualifying order. Again, that's j-o-o-v-v.com forward slash ifpodcast to get an exclusive discount on your order. Pick up Juve today. Some exclusions apply. I really hope you guys can experience Juve. It really is one of my favorite things. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. All right, we have a question from Paige. And the subject is, any suggestions for lab work? She says, I will be seeing my doctor on February 10th. Unfortunately, we have now passed this page, but hopefully it'll help someone else. She says, what are the suggested labs for someone 49 and female that has struggled to lose weight 
her entire life. I have done intermittent fasting, but never done it clean. I usually drank things loaded with artificial sweeteners or heavy whipping cream in my coffee. This week, I decided I have to be going wrong somewhere, so I'm going clean during the fasting hours and eliminating all artificial sweeteners. I'm a regular group fitness exerciser for 30 years and have always had exercise discipline. I'm 5'5 and weigh around 170. I do not have documented thyroid issues. I'm an RN. I plan on asking for a fasted insulin level, but please let me know if you have other suggestions. Thank you so much. Can I just jump in and say something real quick, Melanie? I I don't think you need to do any specific why am I not losing weight lab work because you haven't been fasting clean. You knew you were going to say that? Yeah. So, I mean, you've been spiking that insulin all along with in eating, you know, heavy whipping cream is food for the body. So intermittent fasting, you have not done intermittent fasting the way we recommend yet. So instead of asking, you know, what's wrong with my body, we know it's the cream, it's the sweeteners. You need to treat day one as the day you went to the clean fast. And if a year from now you haven't lost any weight, you know, obviously maybe don't wait a year, but that's when it's going to be time to start digging in, not now. So for those who have a fasting clean and they want to do lab tests. That's a totally different question. Yeah. What lab tests do you think are most telling for why somebody might not be losing weight? Well, she said the fasted insulin level, which I think is key. I think that every doctor should do a fasted insulin level even before an A1C. And, you know, I've talked about this before. We've discussed it on this show. If your insulin level is really, really high, your fasted insulin level, it's hard for you to lose weight. I mean, we've had people in the group that have struggled and they got a fasted insulin level and they're like, well, no wonder I've been struggling. My fasted insulin level was, you know, 20. So you got to work on getting that down. Yeah, I would probably say there's a few different categories of things that could be indicators. Insulin, like Jen said, would be great. She said she doesn't have documented thyroid issues, but... That would be probably the second thing I would look at. And you want to make sure that it's the full thyroid panel. So if Paige has only tested, because conventional doctors typically only test T4 and TSH. TSH isn't even a thyroid hormone. It's a pituitary hormone that signals to the thyroid. It just indicates what the pituitary is telling your thyroid to do. It doesn't tell you anything about what the thyroid I mean, it's correlated to that, but it does not necessarily indicate what the thyroid is actually doing. T4 is the storage form of thyroid hormone. Again, it's the storage form, so it doesn't indicate the active levels in your body. I think it's kind of crazy that the two things we test to evaluate the thyroid, none of it is the actual active thyroid hormone. (laughs) Like, isn't that a little bit strange? We test the things that are easy to test, right? I don't know if it's any easier to test those. The other ones, if you're getting a full panel, would be T3. So that's the actual active thyroid hormone and then reverse T3. So I've had LRS on, we've had LRS on. We have. Yeah. We've had LRS on the show. I've had LRS on my other show. I'll put links to it in the show notes. She was on the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast. She has a really, really great book about hypothyroidism. So I often share stuff about the thyroid with listeners. And I can't tell you how many times people tell me they, they go to their doctor and ask for a full panel And the doctor will say that it just doesn't matter. Specifically reverse T3, they say that it doesn't matter at all. But friends, reverse T3 is a thyroid hormone that can be made from T4. So the storage form of thyroid hormone, T4, 
can become either T3 or reverse T3. If it becomes reverse T3, it blocks the cells from taking in T3. So you could have normal thyroid hormone levels like normal T3, but if your reverse T3 is high, it could be blocking all of that. And so many people find the reverse T3 is high. And that happens really because of stress is the main factor. Like the body is perceiving a stress. And so it is trying to slow down the metabolism because T3, the active form of the thyroid hormone is basically our metabolic piece of information hormone. It's what's telling cells to burn energy, to do everything they need to do. So reverse T3 is a way to slow all of that down. You can also get tested for your TPO antibodies, and those will indicate if you have Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune form of hypothyroidism, which is the most common form. Some people even think that almost all thyroid issues are technically Hashimoto's, even if you test negative for the antibodies. That was a really long way of saying a full thyroid panel can be very, very helpful. We've partnered before with Let's Get Checked. If your doctor won't do a panel for you, they have a thyroid panel. It doesn't have reverse T3 on it right now. It has T4, TPO antibodies, TSH, T3. And we have a discount code for listeners. I think if you go to trylgc.com forward slash ifpodcast and use the coupon code ifpodcast, that'll get you 30% off. So something you could do if you want to order it yourself is order that because it's really cost-effective with our coupon and then order reverse T3 a la carte off of another website or go into like a place like any lab test now or something like that. And they can probably do an a la carte reverse T3. Wow. I can't believe I'm still answering this question. So the thyroid, the third thing I would say would be a full hormonal panel. And that's actually not usually a blood draw. It's something like a urine test. The Dutch test is a really good hormonal panel you can do. And that will show you all of your hormones, all of your cortisol, your, like your female hormones. So progesterone, estrogen, it'll give you a really good picture of you and what your hormones are doing. It's really hard to interpret. I can't even, admittedly, female hormones are not my expertise. I really don't know much about them, but that's something where you really want to work with a really functional practitioner who can interpret it for you. A fourth thing you could maybe check would be CRP and any other inflammatory blood markers, because those will show if your inflammation is really high in your body. If your inflammation is really high, that could be causing a lot of things. And so you'd really want to find the cause of that. That could often be stress. It can often be, really often be a food that's not working for you. So it might indicate checking out your diet. And then I'll just do a quick plug. Last thing, we also work with a company called Insight Tracker. And if you want to order lab tests that they have ascertained through rigorous research, what blood tests actually correlate the most to health and longevity. And it's not really the test that you're getting from your doctor. I mean, it's some of them, but then it's some others that you're probably not getting. And it's also different ranges than conventional doctors typically use. So it can give you a really, really valuable picture of your quote inner age, which is, you know, sort of like what your age actually is based on your blood markers. And I think we we also have a 30% off code for them, which at insidetracker.com, I think it's, I have podcast. I'll put all of it in the show notes. So, yep, that's a really good thorough answer to the question. (laughs) You know, and when people say, oh, my thyroid's fine, the moral of the story is, well, is it? 100%. All right. So we have time for one more question. This is from Ron. This question was for Jen. The subject is women only. 
Ron says, great book. He's referring to Fast Feast Repeat. He says, I truly enjoyed it. I did notice all of your testimonials were from women. Is there any difference in the IF plan between men and women? Well, they're really not all from women. If you dig in, they're not. And even I'm not sure if he was talking about Fast Feast Repeat or Delight on Deny. Oh, okay. He didn't say. But neither of them are 100% from women. You know, there are men in the back of Delayed on Deny. Not very many, but there are. There are men in Fast Feast Repeat as well. Not as many. I think the reflection of, you know, why it is a majority women reflects the composition of the Facebook groups. We just so happen that like 90-something percent of the members of the Facebook groups are women. So it's the skewed community, not that. You know, there's something different you need to be doing, men versus women. So, no, not a single thing you need to do differently because you're a man. Yeah. My only caveat to that, so it's it's not really any different what you would do, but I do think women are more likely to experience potentially issues, not from the fasting per se, but because with the fasting, they have begun overstricting with everything. And females' bodies are so much more sensitive to stress as far as how it affects our reproduction and our menstrual cycles. And so it can affect our hormones if we get in that stressed out state. So it's no different at the beginning what you're doing, but I think women probably need to pay more attention that they're not over-restricting in their dietary choices as well as the fasting to the point that it becomes too much of a stressor. Yeah. And I have a frequently asked question about that in Fast Feast Repeat that over-restriction is not good for anybody, (laughs) man or woman. But that is a trap that women tend to fall into because of the diet culture that's ingrained in us. You know, women, just like that, what was her name, whose mom was telling her to eat tiny amounts of food? You know, that's diet culture and the whole idea of eat dainty amounts like a woman. Well, you don't want to do intermittent fasting and also eat dainty amounts of food like a woman because you're going to be overly restricting for your body. So we don't recommend that for men or women, but, you know, women, I think, tend to be more likely to do it just because we're we're told not to eat a big meal in front of a date because it might, I mean, like, oh, forget it. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I can remember when Chad and I were dating. He's like, boy, you can eat a lot. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I actually look forward to, if I am ever on a date, getting like a really big steak or something just to be like, see? You know, I don't want to live a lie. You know, I don't want to like eat dainty in front of someone when I'm dating them. And then, you know, when I really eat, I have to undo my pants buckle. No, I believed in being myself at all times. (laughs) Me too. That's another way we're the same. Yay. And we will be celebrating our 30th anniversary here in 2021. And I still eat with gusto as I did during the early days of dating. Is it this month? No, it's not till July. Okay. But, you know, it's coming 30 years. Can't believe it. That's a long time. Three decades. I know. It's like we grew up together. It feels like we were (laughs) 30 years is more than half my life. Wow. Crazy. I was thinking, like, how old would I have to be where I probably wouldn't reach the half my life thing if I got married? Well, you're an intermittent faster, so you still have a lot of time. Yeah. A biohacker and an intermittent faster. We're going to live a long time. If I do end up with somebody, I'm sure they're probably going to be a biohacker of sorts. Well, I can't imagine it any other way for you. No. (laughs) Cannot. (laughs) Honey, why is it red in here all the time? I know. There's so many things that 
<laughs> I would just have to be okay with. Why are we sleeping in a Faraday cage? <laughs> what is this goat mattress? <laughs> Long-time listeners will get it. So many things. Love it. All right. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. So a few things for listeners before we go. If you would like to submit your own questions to the podcast, you can directly email questions at ifpodcast.com or you can go to ifpodcast.com and you can submit questions there. You can get all of the stuff that we like at ifpodcast.com slash stuff we like. The show notes will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 204. Like I said, you can follow us on Instagram, Melanie Avalon, Jen Stevens, and you can join our Facebook groups. Oh yeah, Jen, do you want to plug your new Facebook group? Our our new podcast that I have with co-host Sherry Bullock, the Life Lessons podcast, and our community is called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. And oh, funny story. Someone said the other day, they're like, I love this group so much. It's my own private Google. This takes the place of Google because anytime anyone has a question, they're getting real answers. You know how when you're trying to get like a product recommendation and you're reading all the reviews and some of them sound crazy and fake? Well, here we are just giving you real, real feedback. It's a lot more than obviously product reviews, but you know, we talk about everything. Like Seinfeld was the show about nothing. Well, Life Lessons Community is the place for everything. Like people have talked about their divorces and their, you know, issues they're going through with their spouse and their family and which mandolin should I get to cut my vegetables? And then someone's like, well, make sure you get the gloves. I mean, we're really talking about everything. I love it. Love it. My group, IF Biohackers, is basically, it's like Google for everything biohacking. So how, and also like mindset and diet, fitness, all of that. Oh, like, for example, right before the holidays, someone's like, my dad's in a memory care facility. Could anyone send him a Christmas card? He got thousands of Christmas cards. And it was, like, featured on their local news. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. So, you know, if you like feel-good stories and positive things, join Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. And listen to our podcast. We have our podcast. Podcast that we would choose over books. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm I'm crazy with the podcast. Three is a lot. So three is a lot. It really is a lot. I've started actively, actively pitching my other show as a TV show, which would be really exciting. That would be so exciting. That would be so fun. That's your dream. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Manifest. It's going to. We're putting it out there. I believe it. Yeah. So if anybody who listens to this show is in the TV creation producing industry and has some advice they would like to share with me, I would be happy to hear it. Love it. If you do have any, email me at melanie at ifpodcast.com. All right. Anything from you, Jen, before we go? Nope. That's all. Well, I will talk to you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember that everything discussed on the show is not medical advice. We're not doctors. You can also check out our other podcasts, Intermittent Fasting Stories and the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Theme music was composed by Leland Cox. See you next week.